wait for the pastor anymore. They just go. Amen. And so uh, God bless the teachers back there. Amen. For that time. Amen. As we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord today. Joshua, the fourth chapter, reading a few verses there. Joshua 4. Amen. And it came to pass that when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's foot feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan. Take ye up every man of you a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask your fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over unto the place where they lodged, and they laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, bear, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood. Uh, and they are there unto this day. Amen. So I want to preach to you today from this title, um, Freedom's Fee. Freedom's feet. Turn to a few people and greet them in the name of the Lord as you're seated today. On a dark, cold, stormy night on September 3rd, 1814, the, the British gunboats battered and bombarded Fort McHenry. And a man witnessed this assault. He saw it, the battles going on. And during the rainy night, he saw the assault on the fort. And he saw uh, the fort's flag was flying in the air. And it was a the storm flag, which is a small smaller version of it because you don't want a huge flag flying in a storm, it can rip up. So you put up a smaller uh, smaller flag, a storm flag. Uh, but it wasn't until dawn that he would be able to see if this fort survived, survived this massive attack from uh, the British. Dawn finally came, um, but Francis Scott Key did not see the storm flag waving in the air, but what he saw was a much larger flag flying triumphantly above the fort. And he was so inspired by that scene and the flag there that he sat down and he wrote what is known today as the Star-Spangled Banner, our national anthem, all because of what he witnessed and the flag that was flying that morning. Because the flag is a symbol that stands for a country, 
the greatness of a country. Um, and she reminds us of the battles that we have fought, victories we have won, and the sacrifice uh, that was paid for the freedoms that we enjoy. And today is the day that, uh, that gave birth to our nation and our flag with the Declaration of the United States of America. Uh, a day where we as a nation take time out to take time out of our blessed lives. Uh, take time to remember those that have died and so that we can live. Uh, many will have cookouts. Many, I saw many boats on my way to church here today. That must be nice, but I got priorities. Amen. I want to go to the house of God, right? Amen. Uh, many will spend the day at the beach and help keep the economy going, spending their money on shopping sales and buying up fireworks. But really, today is not all about that. We also need to take a moment to remember why we can go to the beach, why we can go shopping, and why we can go where we want to go, and why we can gather here today without the fear of having the government come in here and arrest each and every one of us for participating in religious services that are not approved of the state. It happens in many countries. Cannot, like I mentioned earlier, many countries, people cannot do this. They would give their lives if they could. We enjoy the freedom we have is because of the sacrifices that are made by others. So that we can have what we have today, the liberties and the life that we live, is made possible by those who said, I will give up my life, I will give up my liberty so that somebody else may live. And that is what selflessness looks like. And that is what sacrifice looks like when we say, I'll, I'll put myself and my will and my wants out of the way and I'll let somebody else's go first. John 15 and 13, Jesus says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so today we celebrate our nation's birth, our nation's independence. But we also need to give honor and pay respects to those who served in our country to make today possible. And those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Uh, there are many statutes and monuments and museums that are built to remind us of the events and of the heroes and those who made the great sacrifice for others. Uh, but we read in our text today how it takes us to a time where Israel is a young nation. They had uh, just escaped the, the tyrannical government and enslavement of Egypt, and God miraculously brought out his people out of bondage into leading them to the land of promise. But here in this time, this is they've been here before, uh, uh, the previous generation did not have the faith to cross over the Jordan River uh, and to enter into the promised land. And so what did God do? God put them in a, to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, and so here in our text, they had just gotten off the 40-year merry-go-round. And finally they were back to where they were some 40 years earlier, but with a new generation ready to move forward in the promises of God. 
as the previous generation, the, 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 the ones who were of age to witness the miraculous provisions of God in the wilderness, somehow they did not have the faith to believe that God could take them any further. It's amazing how the, the, the generation that died in the wilderness, they were the ones who walked through the dry, the, the Red Sea. They were the ones who saw the, the hundred mile, hundred uh, foot high waves of wall, water on their side as they passed through this open sea on dry ground. They were the ones who witnessed all of these miracles that God did to keep his people alive in the wilderness. And they get to the Jordan River and they don't have the faith to go over. God help us if, if we get to the point in our life where we don't have the faith to, to take another step. After all that God has done for us, after how far as he brought us out and we are no longer in bondage and slavery, but we have been given liberty to live unto the Lord. God help us if we, if we forget about what he had done for us. Those are the ones they didn't make it off the merry-go-round. They are the ones who died in the wilderness. And so let this speak words of wisdom unto us that we don't need those naysayers and pessimists in our life. We have enough problems. We have enough enemy out there. We don't need people speaking down to us. But I believe that this is not the end, that this is just the beginning, that God has great plans in store for us. I believe as far as God has brought us, there is still more ahead. There is still more of land of promise for you and I to go into that he wants to do in us. There is still more promise that he wants to fulfill in our lives. So our best lives, our best days are not behind us, but our best days are, are ahead of us. Amen? It doesn't matter what we are facing now, whether it be a river or a giant. I know that our God is greater than that. I know that he is able, and I know what the word of God says. It says no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Even if we run into the gates of hell, we are promised that they're not going to prevail against the church because we have Jesus Christ on our side and the power to move forward. I believe that God is working and he wants his will to be accomplished and I want to keep moving forward with uh, the presence of Almighty God. And so the children of Israel are preparing to cross the River Jordan and the Lord spoke unto Joshua in our text. Verse 6 says, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. And the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And so these 12 stones were taken from the bottom of the Jordan River as they walked across on dry ground, another miracle that God performed right before their eyes. We don't know the size of the stones, but they had to be a decent size. Uh, I'm thinking maybe a, cylinder, uh, a cinder block or so uh, would be a good size, especially if you wanted to build a memorial that uh, would last for uh, generations to come. Uh, they have to have some decent sized stones to pull out of the, of the river. 
12 rocks that could fit in your hand uh, won't last too long because the squirrels will get to them in the morning. But the 12 rocks had to be uh, of, of a decent size to make a memorial um, as the Bible says that they are to carry them on their shoulders. So it obviously uh, it had to be of a decent size. They were uh, made into a memorial to remind the Israelites of how the Lord cut off the flow of the river so that they could walk across on dry ground. And think about it, what other time are you going to bring out 12 large stones from the bottom of a moving river? You, that's not possible unless it stops. I mean, now, nowadays we got uh, excavators that can dig down there and grab some stones, but, uh, you know, 3,000 years ago, uh, they didn't have that. And so if they're going to grab stones from the bottom of a river, it had to be dried up. Uh, and so God did that for them. He made them uh, uh, the best opportunity to do that. And, and so these stones, this memorial isn't built for those who were engaged in the moment. The memorial was not for those that were there that day. These stones were for those that were to come, the next generations. As the scripture says, when your children ask, why are these stones stacked up like that? Those that live through it can tell them of their experiences. Let me tell you that, that day, I'll never forget it, where God just, just stopped the, the waters of this, the, the Jordan River from flowing. It was a mighty flowing river, and it was, it was filled. It was, it was flowing over the banks. It was uh, uh, flood time, and, but even still, it didn't matter how, how tough that river was. Uh, once the priests who were bearing the ark of God, once they started walking towards the river, the water says, hey, I can't keep going. I've got to stop because some, a greater power is here. A greater force has just stepped in here. And so the waters resided, the waters stopped whenever the priests started carrying the Ark of the Covenant into uh, the river, and they stepped on dry ground. And so it was not for those who lived that day, but it was for those that would come in the years past. Those that are, uh, are of us, are of age, can replay September 11th in our minds. We know where we were, what that day was like. But the kids who are graduating high school have no idea. They have no idea about that. They didn't live that day. Uh, they weren't around for that. But if you took them to New York City, to the 9-11 memorial, then they would ask, what is this for? Why did you build this? Or, or what happened so that you did this? And you will have an opportunity to tell them uh, what had happened and hopefully uh, you know, that uh, memory is not only reserved for the time when you uh, go to New York City, if you ever do go, but uh, events like that should be retold to the next generation so that they know what happened. Uh, and so the, the children of Israel did, but uh, not only would they tell them of what happened at Jordan, but they would also tell them of all the other things that God had done for them. Because that, that, that was a miracle that day when the Jordan River dried up. But that wasn't the only miracle that God had done for Israel. There's a, a, a list full of what he did to get them out of Egypt, to get them to where they were. And, and so they would tell their children of, of how they were delivered out of, out of Egypt, out of the wilderness. They would tell them about Jericho and all those things that God had done for them. 
It's the memorial that retells and reminds us of our history and how we got here. Edmund Burke, some guy that no one knows, said this, uh, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. So memorials are not just something for us to look at. They are a warning sign for those who don't take the time to remember why this monument is here. Uh, A nation that does not remember is a nation that does not have direction. And a nation that disregards the past is a nation that is doomed in its ways. Because history repeats itself, and if we forget history, guess what? We're going to have to relive it ourselves. And many, many events in history we do not want to relive. Judges 2 and 6, and when Joshua had led the people go, children of Israel went unto every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. This is after they have entered the promised land, and now they are dispersing to claim their blessings, claim the land that God has given for them. Verse 7, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnatherez, in the mouth of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. Verse 10, and all, also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. So here, here just, uh, just within one generation, all of a sudden, why, why did they take the time to build a memorial if the next generation didn't even know, didn't know anything about God? They had no idea about God. They certainly did not know about these 12 stones that God specifically told them to make and to draw out to make a memorial. Joshua was there when the monument was built, and he told them to do it. And when Joshua died years later, the next generation did not know the Lord or didn't know anything that God had done for them. Do you know why? Because when they finished building that monument... And they marched on towards the promised land. That was the last time that they saw those stones. That was the last time they, they, they paid attention to those stones. Because the next generation grew up and had no regard for the monument or no regard for their history. And since they did not remember about captivity, they did not remember about being a slave, remember about being a, a bondage, a bondservant in Egypt, since they didn't realize that, guess what? They were doomed to repeat it. They would experience their, their own Egypt because they simply just did not go back and pay Uh, pay honor to the stones that were there. Had they gone back, they would have realized, oh, we came from Egypt. I don't want to go back to Egypt. Thank God that he delivered us out of Egypt. But the generation that rose up didn't know anything like that. They didn't know Egypt was bad. Maybe they thought Egypt was good. And so uh, it was much easier for them to welcome all the the false idols and false uh, worship if you have no idea where you came from or, or why things are there. And so when, when uh, you forget about the Lord and all that he has done for you, you'll most certainly walk down the wrong path. 
Because a monument of sacrifice will always redirect your course to where you should be going. But if you never stop there, if you never visit it, if you never remember, you most certainly will find yourself in Egypt in one form or another. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to forget what the Lord has done for me. He's done too much for me, for me to forget about it. I don't want to forget about His love and about His grace and His mercy. I've already lived a life where I forgot about the Lord, and when I would not stop at the monument, when I would steer, steer clear of the altar, and in that life I found myself in Egypt trying and begging to be set free begging to be released from the bounds uh, of sin and and shackled uh, by addictions and and pain and suffering, all because you easily forget about what God has done for you. And because of his love, and he rescued me, and he rescued you, and he brought us out of that darkness, brought us out of that miry clay, and he set our foot on that solid rock. I'm thankful to stand upon the rock that we stand upon today, but we can't forget about how we got here and what it took for us to get to this place. I don't want to ever forget about the memorial of sacrifice. I don't want to forget about the cross, and I don't want to forget about the altar, and I don't want to forget about the 12 stones that were were laid there for a certain reason, and I don't want to forget what it took for that flag to fly. A place where I can come and pay my respect and humble myself and remind myself of the freedoms and liberties that I enjoy now. Somebody had to die so that I can come here and be here today. Somebody had to die so that I can go to Walmart and buy whatever I want. Somebody had to die so that I can just walk into the grocery store and get whatever food that I want. Somebody gave up their lives so that I can have the freedom and the liberty to walk around and do whatever I want. And so I don't want to forget that, and I don't want to forget what Jesus did, that he, he died for me. He died on the cross. He took my place. He took my sins upon his back, and he was chastised for me. I don't want to forget what Jesus has done for me. And so now we're reading about that there arose a generation who did not know God nor the works that he had done. We can say that they didn't go to that stone memorial, and we can say obviously they did not go if they don't even have any recollection of what God has done. We can blame the the generation for that. You guys never visited it, the memorial, so uh, it's on you. But they, they don't get all the blame. It kind of sounds like to me that the parents didn't take their time uh, and take their kids to go see those stones. Obviously, the kids don't know where it's at, but the parents do because they walked right by them. And they remember and they know they were there that day. They witnessed everything about it. Uh, And so if the parents never brought their kids back to say, hey, we're taking a day, we're taking a weekend, and we're going back to those 12 stones. And let me tell you of all that God has done for us. And uh, God delivered us. Why? Because we served him. We worshiped the one true God. And we forsook all other ways. And uh, let me tell you, uh, sons and daughters, you need to serve the Lord yourself. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you need to worship him and to serve him with all your mind, soul, body, and strength. You need to do that. If you want to experience the liberty that we're experiencing, you got to remember how we got here. Uh, and so, sounds like the parents didn't really educate their children about the Lord. Otherwise, how can an entire generation grow up and not know God? 
probably when the parents quit being parents. It's not the school's responsibility to educate your child about God. The public schools are not going to take the time and say, hey, let's read our Bible verse today uh, because we're apostolics and we're Christians and we believe in the word of God and we uphold the word of God. The, the public schools are not going to take time to raise your kid for you about and talk to them about Jesus Christ. It's not the pastor's responsibility to educate your children about God either. We, we do our best one day a week, two days a week, but hey, there's still five days that these lessons about God need to be reinforced in, your, in the kids' minds and to keep telling them about uh, what God has done. And here's another story that God did great things for his people. And, and so it's the parents' duties to take the children down to the memorial of sacrifice and tell them that all that God has done. It's a parent's responsibility to teach them how to pray and to teach them how to read the word of God and their responsibility to show their children where the altar is. If they never talk about the altar, why would the kids want to go to the altar? Why would they think they need to go to the altar if, if the parents don't go to the altar? And so otherwise, there's going to be a generation that will grow up and doesn't know the Lord or doesn't know his works. Because memorials are made to remind us of how we got here and how not to repeat the past and where we go from here. Because if we remember where God has brought us and after all that God has done for us, we will know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he's brought me this far, he's going to bring me through today's storm. He's going to bring me through the storm, the, the, the trials that I face tomorrow. If he's healed me in the past, I know he'll heal me today or he'll heal, heal me in the future. If he healed Sister Pauline, he can heal you. He can deliver you. Why? Because our God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday today and forever and so we need to remind ourselves what God has done for us and where he's brought us and the cost that it's taken to get us here it's the memorial that tells me that it's the cross that gives me hope that it's the altar that directs my path uh, how foolish would I be to forget about the stones in, uh, in my life and the memorials in my life and uh, forget about uh, the flag and just think today's another holiday where we can go and barbecue and go to the beach and, and not really think about what it took to get to this, to this day here. So we need more memorials in our life. We need more parents testifying of the great things God has done. We need more focus and prayer on, on God and his word. We need more memorials and we need more altars in our life to remind us where we've been and where we need to go. Musicians, if you would come. And so while we have our flag that represents so much and it flies as a memorial for us as a nation, not every nation is the same. Not every citizen has the same freedoms that we share and uh, I know we have our problems as a nation. I'm not saying we're a perfect nation. There's plenty of problems. Uh, but uh, from my little travels around the world, and I haven't been very far, but once you step outside America and you start exploring other countries, you, you come back and you're kind of a little bit more grateful 
for the things that we have here. And again, we're not perfect, but hey, we've got a lot better than many other people in this world. And I don't want to forget about where we've come from and, and where God wants to take us. And so uh, uh, we are blessed and we are so blessed that we don't even realize it at times. While nations and its citizens are different, there is one thing that we all share as apostolics, is that we all have liberty, we all have freedom over sin because of the sacrifice of one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 5.19, for as by one man's disobedience were many made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus paid the ultimate price. He gave his life to be beaten, to be whipped, and to be bruised and crucified so that you and I can be here today, so that we can stand here not just as Americans, but as people that are free from the effects of sin. But whosoever will, whosoever wants to enjoy the freedom and liberty that Jesus paid for, everybody has an opportunity. It doesn't matter what nation you are uh, from or what, what, what your flag looks like or, or where your ancestors came from. And in, in God's kingdom, everyone is equal. Everyone has an opportunity to come, to come to an altar, to cry out for forgiveness. All that we need to do is to repent of our sins and, and tell God how sorry we are for all the mistakes that we have done. And then we need to get baptized in that precious name of Jesus for the remission of our sins to have every sin, every fault, and every failure washed away. And then where the real power resides is when the almighty, the all-powerful spirit of the living God comes down inside of us and gives us a new heart, a new life, and makes us a new creature in Christ Jesus, gives us a new desire to follow after him and after righteousness. And not only does he do that in your life, but he also gives us power, power over the enemy, power over sin, power to live and become that man or woman of God that he's called us to be. He's given us the power to live in this life, to, to cast out devils, to, to break down strongholds. He's given us the power through his spirit to do that. And we are walking around in liberty, and many times we don't realize how good that we have it. But I don't want to forget what God has done for us to, to, to allow us to be here today. Not, not just for our nation, but what Jesus Christ has done so that you and I can experience the liberty in our life. If you stand with me today. So while many fireworks will be launched tonight, we're here to launch up praise and worship. Because we don't want to forget. We don't want to get caught up in all the blessings and get caught up in all the, the freedoms and all the things that we have. But we got to take the time to remember how we got here and what it took to get here. The blessed life that we have in America came with a price. And so somebody else paid that price. The blessed life that we live in the spirit came with a price. And somebody else paid that price. And we can never repay those who have given their lives for us. But what we can do is honor them, is remember them, is to teach the next generation about all that went on. 
all that we've experienced in our life about Tell them about what those stones mean. Tell them the cost that it took to get there. Tell them what the flag means and what it costs to get there. And, and, and what we do as Christians and as apostolics, as uh, Romans tells us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Paul says, after all that Jesus has done for us, after all that he has done, paying the sin payment for our sins and being crucified and killed, he says, the the reasonable thing that you can do, the basic, bare, essential thing that you can do for Jesus to give him honor is to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And... Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I'm thankful for what God has done for me in my life, and I know you're thankful too. That's why we're here today. We're here to give God praise. Yeah, it's our, it's our nation's holiday, but hey, we give praise and glory to Jesus Christ because we know his hand is in it all. And so what do we do uh, with the liberty that God has given us? Hey, we're going to still praise him. We're going to live the best life that we can live. We're going to go around walking by faith and not by sight. We're going to walk around in victory. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We have the liberty in our life. We have the liberty in our homes. And we got to, We need to live for it. We need to walk around stepping on the devil and casting out devils in Jesus' name. Walking around releasing faith. Why? Because that's what God gave us. That's the power and the liberty that he has in us. And does anyone believe that today? That we are victorious in all that we do. Why? Because we have the liberty and power because of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's worship the Lord today. Let's give him praise. Let's magnify him while we're here today and what it took for us to come here to worship on the Lord in spirit and in truth. We're not going to let this day go by. We're going to give it to Jesus Christ. We're going to lift up the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. We have the liberty. We have the freedom. Let's magnify him together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Hallelujah. We shout with a voice of triumph because God has given us the freedom and liberty to do it. We're not going to let a rock take our place because Jesus paid the price so that I can worship him. And I'm going to do that with all I can, with all my might. Amen. And God has anointed each and every one of us. And he has set each and every one of us free to go to those that are bound, to the sinners, to those that are unbelievers. They're still bound while we're free. And so with our liberty, we're to go to them and say, hey, let me tell you what Jesus can do for you. Because what he did for me, he brought me out of that shackles. He brought me out of that miry clay. And he can do the same for you. He can do the same for you and your family. Because that's the liberty that God has given us. And that it came with a price. Freedom always comes with a price. It's never free. And those that I, uh, those of us that get to enjoy the liberty, we don't need to take advantage of it. We need to remember how, how we got here and why we got here. Amen. Thanks be to Jesus Christ and all that he's done. Amen. God bless you all. We'll have a good day today. But remember how, how we got here and where we're going to go in the future. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed today.